Hello. Can you guys hear me? Says my call is connected. Can anyone hear me? Hello? Hello, hello. Hello, my call is connected. My call is connected too. I can hear Mika. I can hear you. And I can also hear a weird reverb myself. Yeah, I don't know it if might Patrick be me. Is here or not. Well, he is said Patrick he started. Anywhere to be found? I don't have a mute. I know. A way to mute this. Hmm? Oh, like it's playing back at you? No, like, again, because I'm at work and if, you know, yeah, it's a yeah, noisy. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. So, do you hear the ring in when I ring in? I heard it briefly, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, so I'm just and trying to find a way Excuse me. Hello. Hello. I'm Patrick just, just said, excuse oh. me. He did. And then he went away. Maybe that was him being mannerist and saying, pardon me. Hello? Hello, Patrick. Can you hear us? I can hear you now. Oh, you can hear me now. Okay, good. Yes. yes. <laughs> can I hear we you first? Before. Excuse me. Yeah. I thought we did. I, I guess I had my my microphone in mute. I didn't realize. Ah, mm. ah clearly, yeah. I I forgot what mute was. Yeah. Oh, he's being fancy yeah. with the microphone. That's uh, you know. Can you guys well, hear I mean, me I have, you know, though? I have a headset and I can turn my mic off and on on my little headset. So I it's mean, not that fancy everybody right wants to be fancy, you know. Um, I don't have that option right now. Yeah. Well. I don't think anyone's trying to be fancy. Yeah. It was it was yeah. just well, funny, guys. To chewy? I know you're not being fancy. Hmm? I know, either chewy or rummaging so, bags around or something, Miss Mika. That's that's me I, going to my bag. I haven't hit Oh, okay. I was like, are you on your lunch um, break and you're making you're having <laughs> snacks? I, I do have snacks so, here. There is there is a bag, but I'm looking for a headset. That maybe I can mute. I don't know oh, if this will work, or at least mm. to try to minimize some of the background noise you are bound to hear. Because you know, work. Yeah, you're at at a place. Yes. Right. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm, well, it is ten o'clock. Welcome to the Fans of Wrestling Show, FOW Radio Live here on the Podbean um, app. Uh, and it's uh, three three weeks in. We are alive, and you know, I I feel like we should tweet about this uh, as we are talking. I am Patrick with my co-host with the most. I guess that make no sense, but whatever. Danny Danger, Mika Villas, uh, in undisclosed locations, aka uh, whatever they are. And I am also in not Casa de Alvarez because that currently does not exist. 
as I am living the Airbnb life, as everyone knows, if you have the uh, the audacity to uh, follow me on the Twitter machine, uh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, apologize in advance. Uh, but yeah, how, how are you guys doing this week? Doing good, doing good. Um, you know, we finally have winter and fall weather here in Georgia, and I think it's throwing people for a shock. Um, cause you know, yes. up until a couple of weeks ago, it was still high of 80. Um, but now here we are into the sixties and, and it's kind of throwing people for a little nuts, but, um, but the world of wrestling is always, is always warm and comforting. It's always there in the well, darkest that was, of times. That was great. But yeah, I was, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm hanging out, you know, I'm undisclosedly might be getting, uh, might be getting paid to be here finally but not for this show just to be here in general so um you know you're all apart in the noise in the background but the cold weather has got me thrown for a loop because you know i i like to go tanning and unfortunately in 40 degree weather that's just not a possibility so we'll um we'll let it go and we'll talk about wrestling because wrestling like you said warm comforting and has never let me down well let, let's start with the big news actually that uh, may not have shaken the wrestling world, but maybe the state of Georgia independent wrestling as Mika Village, you had a very big announcement, uh, of course, that you uh, you, you posted on, on the social media forum uh, there uh, about uh, a change for you. So share with us what's going on. A change is about to happen. I uh, I am currently in Atlanta. I'm in Georgia, the southeast, but I am moving. I'm moving on up to the not so much the east side, but to the D.C., Virginia, Maryland area. Um, yours truly is going to uh, spread her little wings and fly and check out what the world has to offer uh, up north. Talking about cold, I know it's going to get colder. I know I'm going to see snow once again, but what I'm looking forward to more than anything is seeing some uh, different wrestling talent. Um, maybe some names I do know because I know there are some guys and girls up that way already that are uh, establishing their path. They've been down here in the South, but um going to be going up at the beginning of the month, man. I'm out. I'm gone. Now, that definitely took us for a loop. I mean... That that is crazy. I know that uh, you you're very well known ar around these parts, and you know people are used to seeing you. Whether you were sitting front row, or in an announcing table, or you know ringside, whatever you are. Uh, and I think I think the state of Georgia and the southeast is going to miss you a lot. I know Danny's going to miss you. I mean, having his tag team partner. On the airwaves. Yeah, well, I mean, I hope that, you know, she'll be able to join us, at least here on FOW, as, as often as possible. And, you know, and, and hopefully be back to remember us little people um, as she moves on to bigger and better things. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'll always remember you. Oh, what's your name? David? Uh, and you, too. Um you're like Sam or something, right? Um, you guys forever, forever. Don't worry about it. I'll never forget you. What am I doing here? Who are you people? I've got to go. No, I'm kidding. I I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss being down here. I'm definitely gonna 
um, make my way back for, uh, I like to say, select dates. Um, so, you know, stay tuned to all my social media. I'm Mika Villas on the Twitter, on the Facebook, on the Instagrams, on the everything. And uh, so you guys can keep up with me. I can keep up with you. And uh, I can share what I learned about that area with everybody here. Yeah. And fear not, guys, because uh, th thanks to the interweb, you know, the world, uh, the, the World Wide Web has evolved and thanks to pod being live uh if you haven't downloaded the app yet do it uh she can still join us you know if she can fit us into her wonderful schedule uh you know uh, now, now that she'll be near the you know in, in that part of town in maryland she'll be you know she can't be that far from washington dc it'll be long before maybe somebody you know Gives her a high, a high job, and then we're gonna lose her forever. And like Danny said, us little people, we're gonna get lost out there. I'm, I'm going for a high-ranking job in the cab, guys, because clearly you don't need qualifications to be qualified. Who better underqualified than me? Absolutely nobody but me and Chris Canyon. So I'm, I'll, I'll be uh, in Washington taking over relatively soon. But fear and, not, uh, she's still gonna be Chris part Canyon of the group. Being that Chris Canyon has passed, I mean, that leaves the spot open for you and you alone. I mean, even in his um, uh, untimely passing, he's still number one, and I'm just, you know, a distant number two. I'm still going to try to make it work, though. Yeah, but she's still part of the FOW radio family, and she'll still be part of the show on Thursday nights as long as her schedule allows, you know. Moving to new town, new job, that brings up a lot of uncertainty. So uh, while she will be uh, enjoying her best life, I know that uh, she will tune in and join us uh, whenever possible. But we will miss you here. We will miss you, you know, hanging out with us. Uh, but, you know, we know that, you know, you'll be back and your your family forever. So. Now that I got the separateness of the way and everybody knows that she'll be back, so you don't have to listen to Danny and I just ramble on and on and on. Uh, you know, because we don't nobody wants to listen to us just chat. You know. <laughs> I mean but I mean, uh, we hope we hope some people do. Yeah. Well it, yeah. there are a couple people who do. I can see there are people in the chat room currently as we're live. So invite your friends, your family, your enemies to kind of listen and check. Not just the boys out, but me as well, because again, we are we're family and we like to talk wrestling. So hopefully you're into wrestling or maybe you just like the sound of our voices. Either way, we appreciate you guys being here. So with that said, let's go ahead and get to it. Uh, we talked about it last week and it's happened. The 2019 WWE draft. Uh, before we go over the wrestlers that were moved and who's where and who's not anywhere. What did you guys think about the style of the draft with, you know, Stephanie McMahon coming out and announcing the, you know, the drafts in rounds and every once in a while, you know, well, and also doing like recaps of the, of each, uh, of each pick. And then from time to time, they would go to like these back rooms with quote unquote executives from uh, Fox and USA. Uh, what do you guys think about that style? 
I think somebody should have tried to draft the Fox robot. Um, I think that's a missed <laughs> opportunity there. I would like to see the robot against Braun Strowman. Um, I think that might be the only thing that can actually defeat the monster among men. It, you know, like it was, they're trying for, you know, a more sports authentic style, I guess, with having it in rounds and showing these, yeah, whomever the heck these executives were, um, they're trying something different, trying to, you know, appeal to more mainstream sports fans, and that will come with Fox. I assume there'll be a lot of other things that will they'll you know try to try to do things like that. It would you know whatever it worked. I guess it got the it ultimately got the job done. Um, I you know it was a little strange that you would have so many people that would go undrafted, um, and that you only could draft you know certain people on Friday. You could only draft certain people on Monday. Um, you know, and they would kind of have matches to determine who'd get the draft pick next and things like that. Like it, it made okay for the flow of the show, I guess. But, you know, I mean, I, it seems strange because they're not, they said, you know, it's going to eliminate the wild card rule. But as we're seeing advertisements for Crown Jewel and as well as, um, the next pay per view, uh, you know, some of these matches are still happening between people that are, uh, you know, supposed to be on opposite brands. So I guess those are just kind of still the hangover. Like Seth and the Seth Rollins and the Fiend are going to fight at, um, you know, at the at Crown Jewel and the next show after that, um, you know, in a cage match or something. Last man standing at Crown Jewel and then a cage match or something. With them being on different shows, you would think that that feud has ended, but I, I guess maybe we'll get a little bit of overflow as they attempt to wrap up some stories, maybe I'm, I'm not really sure how, how, what their full plan on that is. It was confusing. I mean, um, I, I thought I had it figured out because you could only draft certain people on certain nights and then people were undrafted. And I was just like, okay, this is just, it's really confusing. Um, I understand again, they were going for the legitimacy of it all to make this seem like a viable sport, but with the lines and rules being so kind of almost made up as they went along, I think as a, a regular fan of most sports and drafts and how they do their picks and what have you, it left me confused and scratching my head. I went, okay, just wake me up whenever you have your full roster for Raw and your full roster for SmackDown, and I can just look at it. I wasn't – it was hard to keep up. Just for me. Yeah, I, I definitely thought it was interesting. I can't say that I loved it. Uh, you know, most likely they were all hired actors. Uh, but I just, I, it, it, I felt like maybe that was a little bit overdone, trying to make it look like, oh, this is legit thing. But okay, whatever. They tried. They tried something different. They tried something new. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, what it all means. You know, I want to make sure that these uh, drafts actually pay off, and you know, these wrestlers will be exclusive. I love that. You know, you they can do this uh, and have the teams, uh, the, the teams. See, they even got me thinking about sports. They get a, <laughs> the two rosters separate and fresh storylines for, you know, a lot of wrestlers can shine. We see Mike 
Kinellis slash Bennett, you know, he's looking to get out because he's not given opportunities. He's not given, uh, you know, the time and to do what he loves. And, you know, props to him to willing to leave money uh, out there to do what he loves instead of wrestling once a, a, a week or once a month or however long he wrestles. Um, I feel like Maria's had more matches than than Mike at this <laughs> point since they returned. Well, Mike's uh, been wrestling on 205 Live some, but the problem with that is that, you know, there's only so so much of a roster on 205 that not everybody right. gets featured every week. And I, I, I can understand where he'd be frustrated that, you know, like I don't know if he's working house shows or not, um, but I can see where he may be frustrated. But we saw, you know, we also saw, you know, Luke Harper go on social media and say something similar about, you know, oh, I asked for my release, and then I guess they re- renegotiated something because he's back on TV in a predominant role. Um, so maybe Mike is really trying to leave, or maybe he's just trying to shake the shake the tree a little bit and see if, you know, if they push him um, or or give him a more prominent spot. Um, you know, but I guess he goes undrafted just like so many others. Yeah, it's so we're not going to go over everybody money, that, well, yeah, I mean, money isn't everything. But we're not going to go through all the picks, uh, you know, they're out there on the interwebs. Uh, we did see, though, how uh, that we did get a member of the NXT uh, universe or roster, whatever you want to call it, be drafted. And so the Street Profits, who have been making cameos on Monday Night Raw, are now officially part of, you know, the main roster they are with uh, Monday Night Raw. I guess, as expected, not many people going to get called up from NXT as NXT is now a, a third brand on a, the USA Network. But yeah, we had they've s- had to... U- NXT's kind of had to utilize, you know, some people from the UK brand as well as, uh, and you know, as well as 205, just to kind of fill up two hours of TV time now, seemingly. Yeah. So, and then we also did have uh, a trade as Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, who were drafted separately by Monday Night Raw. Uh, were traded to SmackDown for future considerations, whatever that means. Uh, you know, so again, they're trying to go the sports centigrade by moving for, you know, well, I guess in other sports it would be for money or for future picks in the future, whatever. All right. So that's cool. Uh, then we had some uh, people who sort of have moved in in English, continues to do commentary uh, with 205 Live. Uh, so he continues to be a member of the NA, of the 205 Live crew. Uh, Leo Rush, of course, now with NXT, as he is the uh, NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Uh, and Alicia Fox was not drafted. Uh, her profile has been removed from the elite net or from the elite.com. So, sounds like uh, she may be uh, 
retired. Uh, Alicia's had some Which... very public demons. So perhaps it's time for um, Alicia, who's one of the last remaining <coughs> excuse me, divas from that era to kind of hang up her boots. Uh, she never got her full due, but I think there was also some some issues there that perhaps, you know, with this total divas that we were able to delve into the psyche of the person behind the character. Um, WWE, I think, is maybe reconsidering how they put her out there and pulling her off the, uh, the roster or pulling her off the website is kind of a first step to try to figure out how they put her back out there, um, retired and uh, as alumni. And maybe she doesn't want to be. That's probably another thing, you know. Nobody ever wants to go pilot well, in that good night. Well, I had heard, um, you know, rumors that over the last couple months, she had been doing a little bit with creative with the women's division. Um, so I don't know if there's any validity to that rumor. And now maybe if, you know, yeah, she's going to kind of retire actively and maybe move into into kind of an agent um, kind of spot. I don't really know. Um, you know, but it is kind of strange that, yeah, they would do so quietly to somebody who's who's been, you know, a part of their roster for so many years. Um, you know, I mean, Alicia Fox is probably, you know, right there with Natalia as far as long-term tenured uh, women, you know, especially women that haven't taken time off and come back like Mickey James. Um, so I don't, yeah, I'm kind of, kind of really shocked by that, but you know, yet again, you never really know what's, what's going on with anybody, I guess, you know, behind the scenes, truly. Yeah. So whatever she does, I wish her the best. Just please no commentary. Uh, all the Ooh. undrafted, um, wrestlers from both, uh, pools for both nights were drafted later uh, on the interwebs on the WWE.com website and uh, on the social media forums so uh, that left us as well with a authors of pain who went undrafted uh, and they signed as free agents because that makes a lot of sense uh to everybody, sure, why not? Yeah, I'm not sure how you sign as a free agent. Um, I guess is that their way of doing the wild card rule, or is that kind of their way of once decide, you know, saying, "Oh, we're undecided what to do with them," and once you know they once they're healthy and ready to go, we'll decide where we want to place them. Like, I'm not sure if that's if that's kind of what they're doing with that or not. Nobody's sure. Yeah, Steve, that, that's, that's going to be interesting. Problem. Yeah, nobody knows what's going on. It's uh, If you can figure out, if anybody can figure out, please at FOW Radio on the Twitter machine. Uh, tell us because uh, as one book used to say, I believe, uh, suckers get to know. Uh, so uh, going undrafted, The Ascension, well, uh, the Colognes, who are that, wrestling in Puerto Rico, so I'm surprised they're still, you know, under contract. Technically, uh, yeah, that's kind of. I was surprised to hear that too. 
Ember Moon and Jeff Hardy, but both have injuries, as does Lars Sullivan. Uh, Lana it went undrafted, but she's too busy, you know, with Bobby with Lashley, Bobby. I guess. Yeah. Uh, Maria Canellis, I feel like she's pregnant again, but then I could be she, wrong. She is. Yeah, she's pregnant. Okay. So they did a storyline where, like, you know, like th- they did that whole storyline where she was kind of berating Mike. And then I think on 205, she was like, I'm tired of being around, you know, you or whatever. And I think that was just kind of a way to get her off the road and home. There we go. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, Maurice is also uh, on maternity leave. Uh, yeah, they just had their baby recently. Matt, Matt Hardy is pretty much semi-retired. He's doing stuff backstage. Uh, Mickey James was Injured, I believe. Especially as is Nia Jag and and Paige and Ruby Riot. Uh, yeah, so Ruby had double shoulder surgery. Yeah, uh, well, it's, it's been rumored to be having a concussion. Well, he's also had stated that, like I, I want to say, it was over a year ago. He said that he had some spinal degenerative type syndrome. And the doctors, you know, had told him retire, etc. But he basically kind of mentioned he he probably has under two years left of active in ring work, and so I his social media has just kind of been focused on his, you know, w- workout videos and getting other superstars to work out. So I was kind of thinking like maybe he's already kind of quietly retired, um, which is a shame, as I was always a big fan of his and. He's one of those guys who I talk to a lot of people like people may not realize and how great he was until he's already kind of gone. But yeah, so he may be retired. Be he may just be he may just be injured. I don't know. Uh, so to my surprise, though, uh, the Usos and Naomi went undrafted. That is kind of odd, being that, you know, the Usos are, you know, multi, multi time tag team champions. And unless they just, there's part of a gimmick with them and the, you know, being free agents or something. But yeah, it seems that they would be, as far as tag team goes, you would want them as a draft pick. Twitter has been, you know, speculating uh, about the reasoning behind. The uh, Usos and Naomi not being drafted, and um, one of those reasons being that one of the Usos, I can't remember them, the difference between the two, the one not married to Naomi, well, actually, the one married to Naomi, got into a little uh, trouble. Um, I think maybe a DUI or something police police related. People are saying that that was the issue, but Naomi quickly went onto Twitter and shut that down, saying. That was not the issue happening there. So I don't think it's a, uh, a personal issue. I think there may be something going on with the three of them don't want to be separated because you have husbands and wives on the road and WWE does try to well, keep did- them together for the most part. Uh, yeah, that's okay. So you have a tag well, team and, there may be- and a third. Yeah. Yeah, so there may be a gimmick behind it that's coming. Um, but yeah, it is. 
it does seem odd being as as decorated a tag team as they are um, to just go they would go undrafted. Yeah, that that I found it very odd. But yeah, is I think there's been questions about the the Usos with you know the law issues with I think his name is John. Uh, I I I mean I always had a hard time take take you know figuring out which one was which one when they had the the paint when they were just uh, even worse yeah. now. Yeah, well there was you know there was the incident I get, to Naomi. There was the incident, you know, a year or so, maybe a year ago, maybe less, where, you know, they were, he, they were, uh, Naomi and he were driving, you know, after a show or the day before a show. And, and, uh, she was driving. The cop stopped her on, you know, possible suspicion of drunk driving. And, uh, Uso got him, you know, got a little, uh, a little angry. I think Crazy. he felt that they were being raci- racially profiled, possibly. He, and he supposedly he got out of the so car crazy. and started yelling at the cop and took his shirt off or something. Um, so they considered that as like, you know, threatening the officer. And I think they, um, you know, I, I think he was taken down um, to the station, but I don't know if charges were officially pressed or not, but that was a couple months ago. And that was, everybody was like, that was right before the Usos began their last title reign. I think everybody was like, oh man, they're going to get punished. They're going to get punished. They're going to get taken off TV. And then the very next week they win the tag belts. Um, so I think that's where everybody's speculation arrived. Like, oh, well maybe they're, they're now going to get punished, you know, for this when they didn't earlier because the storyline didn't go or, or something. Um, but yeah, it is. I mean like Mandy and Sonya weren't, um, weren't drafted either. You know, and that seems that seemed kind of odd as they're, you know, fairly predominantly featured and um, on the show and that kind of thing. So I guess they did the supplemental, you know, like they didn't they didn't call it the supplemental draft, but essentially it's it's what they did. And what they've done the last couple of years is they only draft X amount of people on TV and then every, most of the other people get, uh, you know, supplementally drafted on, you know, during the afternoon or something. Uh, before the show goes on the air. Yeah, uh, we got one of our listeners, Joe Dubs35 says, I think creative has no idea what to do with them. And they put this draft together quickly. It shows. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something. I mean, but what what kind of credit team, right? If they can come up with something to do with the Usos, uh I mean, then again, we, we heard the many complaints on the Twitter machine about WWE's creative. And now, more going on as Eric Bischoff, ECE, uh, the man whose controversy created cash, uh, is no longer uh, in charge of SmackDown. Uh, his uh, marriage to, to the company was, uh, you know, annulled very quickly. Didn't even last. Oh more than three or four months but he is now out uh, and he's just not doing something else he's out of the company and replacing him is um oh my goodness bruce prichard yeah and a very sudden uh surprising here but i'm not sure what led to this uh but now bruce prichard is the head of smackdown eric bishop out well, I hadn't heard an official reason, but yet again, the rumor mill was mulling that it was pos- 
they were possibly upset with the drop in ratings um, from week one to week two on Fox. But even still, that se- that does seem very, very sudden reaction um, for something like that to literally just, you know, okay, you're done. We're bringing in somebody else because the ratings drop from one week to the next. Um, so I don't really know what to make of it. I haven't heard any official thing um, from him. You know, I don't know if and when he he's going to talk, you know, who knows? There may be some kind of agreement saying he can't talk about it or he can't talk about it for X amount of time. Um, so I think we just kind of have to wait and see, um, you know, if more information gets revealed by that. But as I guess ultimately the plan was to bring in different creative heads for the two different shows so that they would have – a bit more of a distinct feel um, from Raw to SmackDown. And I don't know if I've really seen that enough yet. So maybe with Pritchard coming into SmackDown, we get that more. And with the draft finalized and once, you know, we get past Crown Jewel, um, you know, as a co-branded event, we go back, we we start seeing a little more differentiation between the two brands, um, which is what what I hope for and what I really want. I want them to feel like two different shows rather than five hours of the same television program every week. I mean, it's Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman. They both came in together, and honestly, it was kind of out of nowhere. Heyman, of course, was there already. We know he's aging. Um uh, a few uh, superstars behind the scenes and, of course, brought, working closely with Brock Lesnar. But the Bischoff thing kind of just snuck up on us. It's like, hey, Bischoff's in charge. Like, wait, what? What's happening? Are we back in the 2000s or something again? Um, but, like you said, it didn't last long. And I think that might have to do with the fact that um, this is not the Attitude Era anymore. There's a lot going on in the world that, you know, Bischoff's quote-unquote style and Heyman as well, they're not necessarily politically correct. Again, the WWE is a publicly traded company. You cannot have sponsors and advertising dollars go out the window because they're upset uh, with who you have running the show and the things that these people running the show are portraying. So I think perhaps Eric didn't have enough um, feeling for this. Then maybe he just gracefully bowed out. Yeah. Uh, Joe Buds 35 again, comments ratings went back to what it always has been. The only reason week one was good uh, because of the rock. The rock does mean ready. See, this is the rock show after all. And it was the premiere on Fox. Bruce is a yes man. Maybe Vince didn't like how Eric was talking back or something. Uh, that co- that possibly could have been. I mean, the first time uh, Eric Bischoff was part of WWE, uh, he was simply just a, a, a character doing the job. This time, him being uh, in charge of creative and in charge of the show, that would have given him. Uh, more, I felt like he had more power to say something, but as we learned, nobody talks back to uh, Vince McMahon uh, or, or grabs his arm on live TV, as Titus O'Neil learned. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy. Uh, ratings, I think Fox spent a lot of money. A, a lot of money. 
as this USA Network for for these shows. So for ratings to start going down, um, I can see how people can freak out. Uh, but it, it it is television, and people are going to tune out uh, when sometimes, and people are going to wait to watch things at a later time. Uh, the the whole cutting, you know, the cord uh, is always going to be a thing. We'll see what happens with that, but yeah, change is coming quickly. Uh, is it time to uh, to get desperate, or or should they give it some more time and and see how it goes before people start freaking out? Well, we are in the age of instant gratification. I mean, in in other sports, you know, in football and baseball and college football and stuff, over the last year or two. We've seen, you know, coaches get fired mid-season, you know, because the team loses two or three games in a row. They fire a coach mid-season, bring somebody else in. Um, you know, nobody's waiting for a longer-term development. Um, you know, everybody wants results, you know, right this second. And if they don't happen the way we want or they don't happen the way we want and stay the way we want, you're out real quick. Um, you know, but unfortunately, things... Like you mentioned, things happen. Things, you know, maybe there was different stuff on TV that night that other people wanted to watch. Maybe, you know, yeah, the show wasn't enough for, to bring them in, or maybe, you know, it's something completely and utterly unrelated to the actual quality of the product itself. Um, but if you if you only base it on one week alone, you're not really giving chance to factor in all those variables. Um, so, I think it's kind of sudden. If that is the core reason. To literally the ratings drop to what they were before the Fox change, and they boot him out. Um, you know, I think that's very, very sudden. I think, you know, it takes time to kind of build something that people want to see. Um, and hope, you know, my hope is that there are other reasons. Maybe Bischoff decided he didn't like the conditions he was working under. Um, you know, because like we said, we haven't heard the full story as to why. You know, did Bischoff walk out on his own or did WWE fire him for some reason? Um, that still is kind of unknown. So I'm, you know, I'm still kind of a wait and see kind of guy. And I would have liked to have waited a few more weeks to see what what the Bischoff era on Fox would bring before we bring in Bruce Pritchard. Um, but unfortunately, we don't have that chance. All right, and just a reminder, anyone calling, everybody listening live on the Podbean app, uh, you are able to join the conversation and call in. Uh, you should see that calling option somewhere on the uh, on the app. Uh, if you like to uh, join in and give us your comment about anything that we're talking about right now. Uh, but as we go now, so we're in a, looking at a new direction uh, with the uh, right now is everything. The whole focus is the crown jewel on Halloween morning. I guess that's when it's happening, or Halloween afternoon, um, when we're gonna see the crown jewel of Saudi Arabia. Uh, one of the many uh, many events that's gonna be held uh, in the Great Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Uh, not a sponsor of the show, unfortunately. Uh, we wish we had some of that money. However, uh, so. What do you guys think so far of the of the lineup? Uh, we have uh, a few matches already announced. 
Uh, we have the uh, Team Hogan versus Team Flair, uh, Braun Strowman versus Tyron Fury, Brock Lesnar versus Cain Velasquez, uh, nine tag team turmoil match, Seth Rollins versus The Fiend, and Mansoor versus Cesaro. Oh, man, it it really doesn't interest me, and I I don't think it's intended to. I think it's intended to, you know, they have so much stuff. They're trying to get some of these new viewers from Fox. They're trying to bring, you know, now that they have, that they're on Fox, so they have Fox media coverage now. I think that's why they're bringing in the other sports stars to try and get those people hooked in and buy the network because that's the only way you can, can watch this. I think that's what it's for. I think it's this event is intended to bring in um, new viewers, not your usual diehards. You know, like there is one or two matches that are there for the diehards, but you know, Team Hogan versus Team Flair is supposed to get the people who used to watch wrestling and maybe haven't watched it much. You know, the last couple of years, bring them right back in. You know, you bring these these names that they know. They know these guys didn't like each other back. You know, in their heydays. So you know, in theory, this this brings their eyes. And then they see all the new stars and fall in love with WWE. Or, you know, oh, you're a fan of, you know, UFC and mixed martial arts. You know Cain Velasquez, you know, it, you know, as he was there. And if you know the history of UFC, you know that Cain was the one who beat Brock for the championship. Um, you know, so you, you know that history. And in theory, oh, man, it would be cool to see them fight again. Well, they're not going to do it in the UFC. We'll see what WWE has to do with them. Um, you know, or you're a boxing fan and you, you know, you want to see this enormous boxer get in there and mix it up with an enormous wrestler. Um, you know, I think those, those are the matches that they're pushing really, really heavy. And I think that's, those are matches are meant to bring in new fans, bring in new subscribers to the WWE network, bring in, you know, new eyes to, uh, you know, the, the weekly shows. Um, so I don't really think it's an event for, for us as diehard fans. Um, so, you know, there's not really anything that super interests me, especially the way that the, you know, Seth Rollins and the fiend hell in a cell ended. I think a lot of diehard fans are, are not really excited to see them continue to mix it up. You know, I think a lot of people, more people were mad that Seth Rollins just, you know, burst into the firefly Funhouse and set it on fire because that destroys some of the mystique of it. And, um, you know, destroys the uh, the the ethereal image. Like, pe you know, people had all these speculations about Firefly Funhouse. Like, was it really just a figment of Bray's imagination, et cetera, et cetera? But now it's just a real place that anybody can get to. And Seth just, you know, followed him there and kicked the door in or whatever the hell. And so I think a lot of people were upset by that and upset with the ending of the match that they may not want to see them mix it up again right away um, for fear that. You know, there is going to be some some other kind of shenanigans that doesn't give the clean victory the way fans were wanting. Um, and then, you know, like tag team turmoil matches are always kind of fun, but it's it's nothing that's really making me want to, you know, watch this event live and, and get really excited about it. Just like the previous Crown Jewel, um, a I'm not looking forward to getting up at the crack of dawn to watch this. I'll watch this later in the day. I'll, I'll call it, you know, what it is. It is a 
big, huge money grab, and it is meant not for a wrestling audience in uh, the free world. It is meant for the Saudi audience. So uh, kudos to WWE for getting their blood money again and continuing to do what they do best, which is be a worldwide entity who has no morals when it comes to taking money from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. I definitely think it's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens. Uh, I'm intrigued. Uh, of course, these these shows are prepaid uh, by the, the Fed, uh, by you know the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia to the Fed. So it's not like they have to worry about uh, selling tickets and paying these wrestlers. Uh, this money is already uh, flying in. Uh, they're, they're paying everybody to come in. And, of course, Hogan... Uh, and Flair are going to be there uh, with their teams. But bringing Tyson Fury, I think, is, is a huge deal, even though many wrestlers, may not necessarily, wrestling fans may not necessarily know who he is. Uh, the fact that you have a current boxing heavyweight champion come in, you know. Yes, we had Mayweather, but, you know, May- Mayweather's a special case when it comes to whatever he does. Uh, but here you have Tyson Fury who, from what I've read on the interwebs, you know, had everybody, his family, his agents, uh, boxing promoters, friends, his inner circle, everybody against this idea of him getting in, in a wrestling ring. Uh, and, of course, it's it's crazy because you know you have a modern day champion here uh, coming in against Braun Strowman. Uh, that's going to be very interesting. But the fact they will pull it off, and then Cain Velasquez, which you know he signed under a quote unquote contract. The, the you know the man's been rumored to need surgery soon. Uh, so come here, maybe Brock will get his win back against Cain Velasquez, and Cain can go uh, get surgery and rehab. Uh, it, that that will be interesting. Uh, Mansoor, of course, he won the. Uh, didn't he win the uh, greatest battle uh, Royal Rumble ever at, at the last show? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I think Mans. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he won the Royal Rumble. Uh, they did this time around or battle Royal. I guess it was a battle Royal. Technically, they didn't do staggered entrances like they did the greatest Royal Rumble. But yeah, he won the battle Royal. And was super over with the local crowd because I guess I don't know if he's if he's from there or just like his family he from is. there. He's but... a Saudi Arabian native. Okay, so yeah, so that's why they wanted to have him. They realized how how well the crowd took to him as the the hometown hero, so they definitely wanted to put him in a featured match. Yeah, uh, uh, Joe does three five funny crown jewel is always lame. It's like AARP WrestleMania. Uh, yes, uh, the the. The prince of the great kingdom uh, of Saudi Arabia definitely likes uh, the Attitude Era wrestlers. I mean, look, he, I think uh, Undertaker has wrestled more times in WrestleMania than the States in the last couple of years. Um, so talk about that one. Uh, Seth Rollins versus The Fiend, false count anywhere match. People are already wondering how this match is going to end because no one believes it's going to be... Um, in uh, you know, in a, is it it's, it's gonna end in some funny way, the way that Hell in the Cell did by referee stoppage. 
Um, so, yeah, folks kind of anywhere. Where do they go? I mean, where can they go? They'll go out and fight in the desert. Falls count in the desert. Nine team tag team turmoil match for the WWE World Cup. They're going to have a World Cup, guys, for tag teams. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it's just, but it's just an Olymp- it's just a gauntlet style match, right? Is what I'm guessing. I, I would assume so. Um, I mean, they're not going to do like a round robin. Means a round gonna robin be, everybody's going to be there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not. You know, they'll call it the World Cup, but it's not going to not going to be under like the round robin World Cup format. I don't imagine um, block format or something. Yeah, it'll either be all the teams in at once, or you know, two teams in and then like gauntlet style. Um, so it eats up a lot of time. Um. You know, but yet again, just another match with another specialized award like the Battle Royal and like the greatest Royal Rumble, you know, they did with Braun Strowman. They just gave him a giant trophy and a, a championship belt to literally do nothing with. You know, it wasn't like he was going to defend that in another greatest Royal Rumble, um, you know, or, or take that on the road and defend it, you know. Uh, so, yeah, they'll have a cool little trophy and. And everybody will celebrate the win, and yeah, it's whatever, whatever, whatever. They can call it whatever, they can award it whatever, but ultimately, it's just it's just a match, as you said, for the the live crowd. Well, we'll see. That will happen sometime on Halloween live on WWE Network, free for new subscribers. If there are any out there. You can subscribe for free. If you already have, get a different email, different card. I'm sure you may be able to wait to work. Now, the Wednesday Night Wars, we're week three of the Wednesday Night Wars. Are we excited about the Wednesday Night Wars? Um, I mean, I... Okay, so as I don't... As I end up watching um, things on Hulu, the w- most of the WWE shows on Hulu, um, you know they have the disc, the shortened versions, and unfortunately, NXT has fallen victim to the shortened versions. So all I've been able to watch since the Wednesday Night War started is a one-hour version because I don't have cable. So I'm I'm what on Hulu, you know they're chopping up the two hour broadcast into 56 minutes of show. Um, so I'm missing a couple matches. Um, but, uh, AEW is also on Hulu, but it's the complete show. So I at least get to see everything with AEW. Um, and then only, you know, what, whatever somebody decides is, is worth the cramming into the hour, um, for NXT. I mean, it's to me, it's not really a war. Like, I like the problem. The big thing with the with the the Monday Night Wars back then is realistically, you could only watch one show. Okay, we didn't really, you know, unless you had a VCR and you were recording in a different channel in the other room or something, you really were only watching one show live. There wasn't, you know, DVRs weren't available. 
you didn't have the internet to watch replays, you know. So that was the thing. It was as a fan, they were fighting for your ratings because they wanted you to watch it. Period. Um, you know, and say, okay, what WCW right now is doing is more interesting than what's on WWF because you know we were flipping back and forth between the networks. Oh crap, they're both on commercial at the same time. Why? You know, like like that kind of thing. And you don't have to do that now. Like you can, if you really want to attempt to relive that, you can. But um, you know, they all will be are available on multiple platforms elsewhere if you don't watch the live broadcast. So I don't think it's as much of this war as everybody wants to think. I think it's just people, you know, uh reliving the time, you know, and uh trying to to kind of misplace a new name for it. But I don't think it's really going to lead to the kind of drastic stuff and, and, and stunts for ratings like we saw in the original Monday Night Wars. I think both shows are just going to try and do the best product they can, but I don't think they're going to try these these things to one-up each other and, um, you know, oh, the you know, oh, so-and-so, you know, Mick Foley won the WWF title tonight. Good luck. You know, that guy is, you know, a great champion or, what, you know, making fun of what was on the other product or, you know, that kind of thing, trying to have somebody show up on one show and then show up the second half, the next show, you know, like that, that kind of stuff where like Rick Rude was on TV simultaneously in the segments because Raw was taped in the, you know, a couple hours earlier and WCW was live. Like, I don't think they're going to do, they're going to be able to do stuff like that. Um, you know, as fans, we win because we're able to see both products in their entirety. All right. So we have a color on the line. Uh, Let's see here. Universe, uh, your name and where are you calling from? I'm from Uzbekistan. Hello. Hi. Hi. I'm from Uzbekistan. Okay. Can you tell us what, what, what do you think about what we're talking about right now? Um... Hello. I it, it see it seems like uh like we lost her, but uh yeah the the Wednesday night wars right now. Uh, I, I keep calling it that just because I think it's it's funny. Um, it's it's definitely been interesting. Uh, I think I think AEW cares more about it than WWE does. Uh. I don't care for the sometimes the the you know the mild attacks AW does against WWE. I was like, it's kind of like if if you look at you know right now politics and when people are running for office, right? They don't tell you uh, about what they're gonna do. All they do is spend time trashing their opponent. I'm like, don't tell me what sucks about your opponent tell me what's good about you yeah and i mean and that's aew is doing that impact has been doing that you know they're they've been doing that more over the last couple of years where throughout their broadcast they'll kind of take pot shots 
at current WWE stuff. And yeah, it turns me off more than it does excite me. Some fans may get kind of excited by that and may kind of be like, oh, cool. They're talking, you know, insider talk or, or they're, you know, oh yeah, those guys suck or something. But like, to me, it just feels, um, it feels Bush League. It feels like, you know, you're, you're already pinning yourself as the underdog, you know, like, and it, yeah, you know, it, I don't think it's as beneficial as it needs to be to me. It, it detracts more than it adds to like whenever I'm what, if I'm watching impact or AEW and they do something like that, it just kind of makes me groan, makes me roll my eyes, you know, more so than like, Oh, that was cool and funny. And you know, whatever I, it just kind of irritates me. Yeah. So for this week, though, we uh, we had a, a pretty fun show. Uh, we had Tommaso Ciampa making his return uh, to NXT, defeating Angel Garza. Uh, and Imperium defeated uh, Lorcan and Birch. Io Shirai defeated Caitlin Carter. Keith Lee versus Dijakovic ended in a disqualification uh, when... Uh, Roderick Strong came in and interfered since the winner was going to get a title shot. Now we're going to get a triple threat match next week with these guys. Matt Riddle defeated Bronson Reed. Tegan Knox made her to XD, uh, defeating Tainara. By the way, Shayna Baszler she had the line of the week. Uh, he uh, said that. Knox had no more limbs to rehab. Uh, I just I cracked. It was hilarious. Uh, Killing Day defeated Boa, and Damian Priest defeated Pete Dunne. I think, I think uh, the least big on Damian Priest, the uh, former Punisher Martinez. Uh, you know, I wasn't really, I didn't really care for Martinez when he was in ROH. I'm actually intrigued here. I'm not. I didn't really care for him in ROH. He's not really doing much for me. He looks like he looks like Chris Angel's older brother. And Chris Angel kind of looks like a douche. And so I'm not really interested in him all, all you know, right off the bat. NXT is becoming this awkward land of giants all of a sudden with with him and Dijakovic and, and Keith Lee. Um, you know, it's yeah, but it's just Yeah. I'm I'm not really about Damian Priest, but I so I was trying as you were saying the full card. I was trying to think of what was not on, um, uh, NXT on Hulu, and Tegan Knox's return was not on the Hulu version. Um, oh man, of all, of Bronson, all the matches, yeah. Uh, you mentioned Bronson Reed wrestled. I didn't see him wrestle, so he wasn't there. Um, either. Um, yeah, we got the the Lee and Dijakovic, of course, because that's big storyline. Um, got Ciampa versus Angel Garza, yet again, big storyline. Uh, Boa versus Killian Dane, we got as well. Um, and I don't think we got the tag. I, we didn't get the Imperium tag match. That wasn't on, on the Hulu version either. Well, uh, you, you definitely uh, missed some cool matches, but uh, yeah, th that's what we got. Um, and for AEW Dynamite, 
Uh, SCU defeated Best Friends uh, in the uh, tag team tournament. Santana and Ortiz LAX defeated. Are they still using LAX? No, they're I, I don't they're know. just called they're just Ortiz and Santana is all they're, they're calling. They're them. part of Chris gotcha. Jericho's inner circle. So, and yeah. LAX, remember they weren't the original LAX, so they can't use that. Well, you know, I mean, Impact is letting everybody use whatever they want at this point. But yeah, I just, I, I currently have it muted because. The announcers are just not not, not my thing, not my, not my jam, as I like to say. Uh, okay, so Ortiz and Santana defeated John Silver and Alex Reynolds, uh, and Riho defeated uh, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, uh, to retain the uh, AEW Women's Championship. Uh, another tag team uh, uh, tournament match: Lucha Brothers defeated the Jurassic Express, Marcus Stunt, and Jungle Boy, of course, uh, Luchasaurus was supposed to be in this match, but Marco um, replaced him uh, due to an injury. Uh, a lot of people um, commenting on uh, Marco Stunt. Uh, of course, there's the people who love Marco Stunt. There's a lot of people who don't get Marco Stunt. You know, uh, he, he's definitely uh, earned where he's at. He's worked hard to be where he's at. He's definitely over with fans. Um, For me, not my taste. Nothing I care for. uh, But you got to respect the the guy for making it to where he is. And you'd say that uh, less than a year ago, he was rehabbing a, a broken leg or whatnot. And now here he is on national television uh, wrestling one of, if not top three greatest you know, be- current best tag teams. Uh, so, yeah, I think kudos to the guy. Don't hate the success. It's just not not my, not my necessarily my taste. What, what do you guys think after uh, after having to hear Marcus Stunt uh, on national television here in, in Dynamite? Well, him being you know, one of the most talked about moments of the show, be it for positive and negative, I think that's a good thing. That means people are paying attention. Um, you know, yes, you're always going to have more negative, and it seems that the people who are negative are more apt to speak, and they speak more loudly. Um, but, you know, for him to to be on national television and, you know, the among the other awesome wrestling talent and stuff and moments that were featured on that night. He's the one that, that people are focused on. So that's, I mean, that's power to him in just his abilities um, that, that he, he is kind of exciting um, or inciting such, such emotions, be it love or, or hate, Um, you know, but he, the live crowd seemed to love him. The paying fans seemed to love him. And that's kind of how it's been at, most independent shows that I've seen him featured at the live crowd loves him. And you know, the people online or watching at home can, 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 you know, dislike him if they want, but the people in the, the, the paying ticket paying fans in the seats are, you know, for the most part, overwhelmingly on board with Marco. Um, so I think that's, that's ultimately where it counts. And, you know, Kudos to the kid. He's young, but he's worked, you know, he has worked hard and he's 
taking advantage of every single opportunity that's been handed to him, and it has earned him this spot. And he, you know, he performed. He looked good. You know, so what more do you want? I mean, it was. I've well, I've watched Marco stun. I've seen him here in Georgia and just around. Uh, to say I was surprised that he got the nod to go against Pentagon and Phoenix is an understatement, but it looked good. It looked it looked like a Marco match, and for those who never seen it, they're amazed, they're amused. It does have people talking. Um, honestly, I want to see Marco versus Rio. I mean, they're the same size. She might be taller. She might be bigger. But the fact of the matter is, he went out there and he was able to look good and viable along with Jungle Boy um, as a team. They didn't look like they were, you know, hey, we just tossed these two together because dude got hurt earlier. I mean, they, they were able to utilize their, their speed, their quickness. And I think maybe Pentagon and Phoenix, they're not the biggest guys um, as luchadors, but they were able to look like monsters themselves uh, fighting these two smaller, uh, slender more guys and toss them around. It gave them even more of a presence um, by beating on these two kids. I loved it. It was great. I mean, it was much better than Britt Baker did in the ring, but you know, hey. Yeah, and, and also kudos extra to uh, Jungle Boy. Uh, I mean, this has been his uh, national TV debut, I believe. I don't, I don't recall seeing him in the last two episodes. Uh, then again, don't ask me to recall something from the last two weeks. Uh, but you know, with him being there after losing his dad, delayed Luke Perry uh, a few months ago to being in this stage. Uh, yeah, kudos to him as well. I think him and Marco pull up, uh, you know, a very good performance against the Lucha Brothers, uh, entertain the fans. You know, haters will hate. I mean, you know, uh, people could call me a hater just because I don't care for Marco, but I don't. I don't. I, I, I'm glad that he's finding success, and I wish him all the best. It's just not what's going to make me tune in on Wednesday nights, but if he's getting that money, if he's getting it, absolutely go for it. I, I want him to be as successful as he can. He, you, you, if anything, you know, if he's where he's at, he has earned it. Uh, and yeah, that's basically all I got to say about that. Uh, okay, this was fun. As okay, uh, Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page versus Pac and John Moxley. Uh, to uh, misquote Meatloaf, three out of four ain't bad. Uh, you can guess which one uh, is the fourth. But yeah, Kenny Omega and Page defeat Pac and Moxley. Uh, Moxley, of course, uh, walking out uh, after uh, him and uh, Pac got in a little dispute because. Uh, you know, Moxley wanted to go all hardcore. Uh, you know, he's thinking he's in the combat zone again. Can't do that here. I mean, this is not the combat zone. Uh, so, come down, Moxley. You'll get your chance. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, that was kind of funny. Omega, though, and Paige get, the, get a win. And we move to our main event, a Philadelphia street fight. 
Chris Jericho defeats Darby Allen to retain the championship, of course. All eyes are on uh what's it called? Full gear? I can't remember the name of that pay-per-view. I just I can't. Yeah, uh, it's it's full gear is the, the on name November of the next 9th, show. Uh Jericho versus uh Rhodes, uh as Cody will uh try to re, you know re, you know get this win, win championship gold, uh and you know continue to honor his legacy. But yeah. This is uh, a very fun match. I think uh, Darby Al is just one of those guys who just uh, you, you you can enjoy watching him. He's a he's a crazy guy. He'll do anything. Uh, so that that was that was fun. And of course, so uh, to the surprise of no one, the inner circle gets involved, and Jericho wins and retains. Uh, go out and celebrate uh, with a little bit of bubbly at the end of the night. Just keep your hands on that championship. Don't lose it again. Yes. Or have it quote unquote stolen. Yeah, I'm sorry. No offense. Again, I, I'm not trying to hate, but I mean, why would anybody want to steal the belt? It's just not pleasant looking. To sell it, probably. Why do people steal things? Usually it's to sell. Oh. I, I, I guess. Not my jam. So. A fun show, AEW. Uh, I I think, maybe I I think for me though it was really at two three matches, uh, but fun. Uh, so who do you guys think got the uh, the the edge on the Wednesday Night Wars here this week? It's you know it's difficult to place. Like for my taste, AEW is is not really hitting all the right buttons. Um, you know, the in-ring action's good and everything, but I don't know if it's kind of the presentation or, you know, a little mix of uh, whatever, but overall the show just doesn't really leave me feeling hyped for the, for next week's episode. I don't really, you know, get get really excited watching it. You know, it's it's okay, it's decent, um, but it you know, it it almost feels like you know, I mean, they're as much as they want to say that we're so different from WWE and all this. It's pretty much just WWE, like a WWE style formatted show with just a bunch of high flying smaller wrestlers. Um, you know, and that's to, you know, if you say you're going to be different and you want to be different and et cetera, then prove it, you know, and. Um, you know, I mean, it's doing, you know, it's doing well in the ratings. People seem to be enjoying it. You know, people seem to be tuning in live for the show. But for me, it's just, it just feels like a WWE light. So, I mean, NXT is consistent. You kind of know what you're going to get with it. I mean, I apparently don't know what I'm getting because I'm only watching, <laughs> you know, half to two thirds of the show because of Hulu. Um but you know NXT for a long time has kind of felt that same way to me that it's like it kind of it's it's very very hit or miss because I don't really like and connect and resonate with all the characters. Um, so they're both kind of so so. You know, I mean, I I think I would give each show like a B. You know, which is good. They had their moments, but neither one really wowed me, and neither one has really wowed me thus far the last few weeks, especially. Okay. Well, I disagree. 
Um, I think AEW, and it might be because it's so shiny and new. Um, I think we're watching this from the ground up um, as a wrestling fan, just trying to take everything that I know about wrestling and kind of go back and suspend my disbelief a little bit and just watch for the the sport of it, the entertainment of it all, the athleticism to pick up on and to follow along with the stories that they're trying to tell. Um, there are some good things about AEW and there are some bad things about AEW uh, as there is or was back in the, the, the Monday Night War era where you would have and pick and choose, you know, based on I like this competitor or this scenario better than the other one. So um, I like AEW because it's making me pay attention. I can put on NXT and walk away. I can listen to the commentary. I can kind of go back when I, you know, I hear Morrow. Well, maybe not because he's always excited about something. But if I hear the commentators say, oh, my gosh, this, 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 I can kind of go back and then pay attention and focus on what's happening on screen and see what I might have missed as I was tuned out. With AEW, they have my full attention. I am sitting there. I'm, you know, rewinding and watching and going, oh, did you see that? Or what was she thinking? What were they doing? And why would he do, you know, I'm kind of in full fan mode. And I think it's the newness of it all and just kind of watching and growing or watching them grow and growing along with them to pick and, and to kind of understand my favorites and non-favorites in this budding lead. I am a fan now of Rio. I didn't know who she was. Britt Baker, I knew she was. I was a fan. Now I'm not so much anymore because, uh, you know, I'm seeing the different skill levels go up and down. You talk about Marco Stunt. You talk about Jungle Boy. AEW is giving me a, a lot of old and new, and I'm liking it. I, I would give it like an A-. minus. All right. Now, I, th I thought that definitely both shows were fun, but I'm going to give NXT The Edge, uh, well, and, and mostly for a lot of things that apparently Danny missed. But, you know, anytime you book my bro, Matt Riddle, Soul's going to be a plus. And, uh, yeah, Knox's return, uh, that was really cool, really fun. Uh, Champa's return, uh, the main event, just overall, uh, the tag team match, just the whole the whole show uh, to me was really fun. So, uh, and of course, I, I think I've seen uh, Dijakovic and uh, Lee wrestle uh, so many times, and I'm still not tired of it. Uh, so that's what fun and good. So okay, so I can't make up the segues, but let, let's segue to New Japan. Uh, New Japan, you know, just had. King of Pro Wrestling happened, big show last week, but they're going head to head with uh with uh, you know AEW on November 9th as AEW will have their uh, pay-per-view. Well, New Japan Pro Wrestling will be in the United States in Los Angeles, California for uh, uh their special and it's going to be a real big special. Uh, for uh, New Japan Showdown. Uh, it's going to be November 9th and November 11th. But the big news just came out is that Yoshin Thunder Liger's last United States match 
will be at New Japan Showdown on November 9th. So uh, a, a few people who maybe thought they might uh, check out the uh, pay-per-view uh, for however much 99 it was going to cost may opt to go to uh, New Japan Showdown in the uh, and and see Liger give him his, uh, you know, pay your respects and uh, and you know bid him goodbye as he's retiring uh, in January of next year. So big one there. So, uh, I wish it was in the East Coast. Now trust me, if it was in the East Coast, I'd definitely try to make make it. But he'll be in LA. I think a lot of us would try to make it if it was time. on the East Coast. I mean, shit, you know, let's check flights for the night. I know. Let's do it. You make sure Danny gets a ticket, too, you know, just to be. Yeah. Yeah. If it were on the East Coast or anywhere this side of the country, it would be a lot easier. But San Jose and Los Angeles are, are unfortunately a bit of a trick. Um, but that is big news. Yeah. It, 999 yen is definitely cheaper than uh, than whatever Fight TV will be charging for uh, full gear, I would imagine. Um, you know, or a live ticket to see the show. Um, but yet again, we're you know we live in the world where you can uh, you can view both. You don't have to view one or the other. Yeah. So, King of Pro Wrestling usually their last huge show. Uh, before uh, Wrestle Kingdom, of course, yeah, we have power struggle in between. But as far as setting the things official uh, for Wrestle Kingdom, a lot of things happen after Kings of King of Pro Wrestling. Uh, so here we had nine matches: uh, Suzuki Gun defeated Rapunji 3K, Tanahashi and Hona defeated uh, Makabe and Yano, uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón defeated Suzuki Gun. Minoru Suzuki defeated Yoshin Thunder Liger. Um, Will Ospreay defeated ELP to retain the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Chaos defeated Bullet Club. And uh, last-minute replacement, Lance Archer defeated Juice Robinson uh, in a no-DQ match for the vacant IWGP US Championship. Of course, uh, there is a huge typhoon right now uh, in, in uh, Japan, and so uh, Moxley could not make the trip to Japan. Apparently, this typhoon is the biggest uh, or the worst one since 1958. Uh, I had to Google that. But, yes, so huge typhoon. They're blaming it on the typhoon. Moxley couldn't make it, but, you know. So they opted to strip him. Yeah. Yeah, they opted to strip him because apparently that's one of the rules that if you're advertised for defense and for whatever reason you're unable to make the show, they have the option to strip you. And this was advertised as a big featured match. Um, and I think that leads a lot of people to believe that you know maybe this would have been Moxley's last New Japan show for quite some time. Um, you know, as AEW now going weekly, he's going to be featured on there. Um, so he might have been dropping the belt anyways. Um, so yeah, they they threw together a you know the the number one contender was Juice and somebody else who's been impressing as of late and Lance Archer. Um, and it was a heck of a heck of a war, heck of a fight. 
um, as as you would expect, everybody dies. Yeah, and in uh, your last two matches, uh, Kota Ibushi defeated Evil to retain the rights to uh, face uh, the IWGP champion at Wrestle Kingdom, and uh, of course, Okada in the mini event defeats Sonata to retain uh, said championship. So it is now 100%, 200%, 500% official. Okada versus Ibushi will main event Wrestle Kingdom. And well, it re- here- it'll main event Wrestle Kingdom night one. As the, the strange thing is Wrestle Kingdom is technically two nights this year. It's January 4th and January 5th are both in the Tokyo Dome, both known as Wrestle Kingdom. Um, so on January 4th is when... Um, Okada will defend against uh, Kota Ibushi, but night two is technically still considered Wrestle Kingdom. It's not considered New Year's Dash um, in in Korokin like it's been in the past. It will be back-to-back nights in the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, so that's definitely going to be very interesting. I think it's going to be a really fun match uh, to watch. Um, but that's 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 set right there. Uh, of course, I also set uh, for uh, Wrestle Kingdom uh, on night one uh, will be a eight man tag match as Liger will team up with Fujinami, the Grace Husky, and Tiger Mask uh, with El Samurai in the corner uh, versus Sano Otani, Takaiwa, and Tigushi with Kobayashi in the corner. Uh, a lot of names that people recognize but have not seen in a while. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, kudos to them for bringing all these names uh, at, from the heyday for uh, Uno Liger's second-to-last match ever. Uh, I think it's very classy of them to to do this and be able to uh, give Liger a great send out. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a lot of names from not only the past of new Japan, but from Liger's past, I think is the big thing. It's, you know, um, he claimed that Fujinami was kind of the inspiration for him to go into wrestling. And without Tetsuma Fujinami being a, you know, kind of being a junior heavyweight, um, that there would be no Jushin Thunder Liger. And um, some of these other guys, you know, of course, Tiger Mask and he have teamed together a lot throughout the years. They feuded against each other. Um, you know, some of the people on the other side, Shinjiro Tani, um, as well as Nano, you know, are some of the earlier feuds in Liger's career. Um, you know, he's teaming with the great Sasuke here, but, you know, Jushin Thunder Liger and the great Sasuke battled, you know, in the uh, Super J Cups in the 90s. Um, you know, so there's a whole lot of history across the board with people that influenced Liger, with people that have, you know, been influenced by Liger. Um, you know, people people that have been very important to his career. Um, it's just a, it's a, you know, a lot of big names, and like you mentioned, some of them haven't been in New Japan in a very, very long time, but they were willing to pull out the stops in order to pay respects to a legend. Um, and night two, you know, we haven't heard who he'll face. But Jushin Liger is stating that, you know, up until his retirement, he wants to face as many people as he has yet to face. 
as possible. Um, so I don't know if night two will be a first time ever matchup. Um, you know, again, you know, Liger taking on somebody he's, he's never faced before or, or if they just kind of mean, you know, as he goes and does some more retirement tours, cause there's still the, um, the super junior tag league has started, but Liger's not on a team this year, but I assume he'll be, you know, in some of the, uh, multi-man tag matches throughout and then in november we have the you know the heavyweight the world tag league where liger won't be featured either but i assume he'll be in some of the multi-man matches and um you know face some face some differing different opponents um and then of course they're supposed to do on january 6th i guess which is which would be the new year's dash um there's supposed to be a retirement ceremony for liger um, an official ceremony. He stated, you know, originally that he didn't want a big to do. He didn't want, you know, people going out of their way and making a big, a big fuss. You know, he just wanted to have one last match and do it. But you know, the situation Thunder Liger. I'm sorry, this is one time when we're going against your initial wishes. Um, we're going, you know, the fans and and you know the wrestling industry as a whole want to give you proper respect and a proper send off from your wrestling career for everything you've done. Um, for it and for for the wrestling industry, um, you know, junior heavyweights especially, but the wrestling industry as a whole. Um, so it's 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 getting to the point where I'm watching New Japan shows and he comes out and he says goodbye to like a specific town because that'll be the last time he ever wrestles there. It's getting and it's becoming more real and it's becoming more and more emotional as time goes on. Um, I don't know how I'm going to handle uh, January, but you know. Thankfully, it's still a long time away. <laughs> yeah, that not not the thing we were expecting to see in, in the beginning of the year, but but what a thing, what a career. So, with that being said, great show, King of Pro Wrestling. We have Power Struggle, the Junior Tag League, the Heavyweights, the Tag League, then. A lot to still watch, and uh, a long way to the send off uh, in the first week of January for uh, Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, but more big news coming out of Japan. Uh, Bushi Road, of course, is the big company that owns uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and they have announced that they have acquired Stardom. Uh, which is the women's wrestling promotion in J Japan. Of course, uh, that was uh, funded and owned by Rosi Ogawa. Uh, she has sold the company to Bushiroad. What does that mean? Well, I haven't heard much, but some of the things I've seen on the Twitter machine uh, is Stardom is going to still be separate. Uh, they, you know, Rosie's still going to be running it for Bushy Road. Uh, but we're going to see a big, the big machine that is Bushy Road behind it, which means we're gonna, they're going to see a lot more advertisement. They're going to see a lot more things going on. Uh, you know, they have their own TV deal. Uh, yeah, Star there's World will still remain. And there's not going to be any interaction, though, between New Japan Pro Wrestling and Stardom. So we're not going to see Stardom wrestlers on their show. Uh, they're going to keep it separate. But I think one of the biggest things that I heard, which is huge, is that 
the stardom wrestlers are now going to become contracted wrestlers. Okay. That, me, that does seem thing. like a good deal for them. Yeah, it's a very big thing for them. Um, yeah, one of the other things I heard was that, you know, with Bushi Road, as you mentioned, they, ha- they also own TV stations. There will be not just the shows on Stardom World, but they're going to, you know, come 20, starting in 2020, they're going to have television shows in Japan um, of Stardom. Um, as well as, yeah, Stardom World will still be there and stuff, but they're going to have television shows of that. And my hope is that there's um, a lot more international expansion, um, you know, like like New Japan has done. Um, you know, not to say that we necessarily uh, will see, you know, a, a fully Stardom-branded event here in the United States, but my hope would be that you know, they start make working to make Stardom World more um, user friendly for you know pe- of the English speaking world. You know, uh, English commentary on events, live events. You know, possible easier access to merchandise. Um, you know, through American channels, similar to um, you know, New Japan uses uh, pro wrestling tees for their T shirts and in the United States and, and these kind of things. So that is my hope that it brings a bigger international expansion um, as well. But yeah, their, their definitely plan is to still keep them as separate working entities, all the heads of stardom and all the executives and all, you know, everybody that runs the company now will stay in their positions. Um, it's just that now you have a much bigger machine helping you to gain uh to gain viewers to expand your your company and your brand, which can only mean good things for stardom, is has already produced some of, you know, WWE's, you know, has taken quite a few wrestlers from that have worked in stardom. Um, you know, I mean, Kyrie Sane and and Io Shirai, of course, were were you know were trained and born and bred through stardom, but a lot of other women that are under WWE contract have done tours of stardom. Um, you know, Rachel Ellering did tour of stardom. Nikki Cross did a lot with stardom. Um, Viper, you know, Piper Niven, um, and the NXT UK brand did a lot with stardom. Um, so there, they have, you know, a good, a good history of, of utilizing strong talent and producing strong talent. So hopefully with more eyes on the product, it can help it grow. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about about what that means for stardom going forward into, into the new year. Yeah. And let, let's not forget that Riho current, uh, AEW women's champion is part of stardom. Uh, because, uh, with these wrestlers be, now being under contracts, which you wrote, is that going to limit, uh, their travels? And is that going to limit them going over to, um, to the U.S. and work for other promotions. Now, sure, but a lot of questions, but whatever it means, I hope that it's best for the wrestlers. I think these some of the best women wrestlers in the world have come out of stardom, and uh, I think that it's just it's best for them to able to get this uh, deal, and if Bushy Rose is willing to give them contracts, that hopefully will help them better. Uh, Saying I'm all for it because, yeah, I'm, I'm but yeah, huge though, huge uh, for stardom. Uh, but yeah, 2020 is definitely 
are going to uh, bring, bring, bring us uh, a lot of uh, interesting things. So, uh, Mika Villas, your thoughts here, Bushi Road, the machine behind New Japan Pro Wrestling buying stardom. Well, one of the things that I heard that you guys didn't mention, because um, stardom was for sale, the WWE did throw their hat into the uh, the pot there, um, but maybe just a little too late um, to get the deal done, which would have been interesting. Imagine WWE expanding their base um, in women's wrestling in Japan, how that would have looked and worked out for a lot of people. As you mentioned, Rio being a current AEW champion, part of stardom, that would have had a very interesting and probably direct effect on um, what her role would be in the company. So um, it'll be great. Again, a lot of people are talking about this, and that's best for business, but it's best for wrestling in general because um, New Japan, of course, is its own entity and what have you, but the fact of the matter is that women's wrestling, especially there in that market, is very well received, and it's bigger um, on a, a broader level than it is here in the States. And I think that this is going to help push some of these ladies to the forefront, to the main um, talk as far as we talk about wrestling here in the United States, to get everybody familiar with these ladies who, you know, we, we pulled a crop of ladies, like you said, but there's so many more talented ladies out there that we're not talking about that this probably is going to push that needle we're just saying names, and, you know, Patrick has a great enunciation. We'll be butchering a lot of unique names coming up really, really soon here. So it's great. Oh, yeah. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, but I will butcher no more names now uh, as we have reached the end of our third live episode. Of course, uh, these live episodes have not been posted on Podbean, uh for replay, but they will all three live shows will be uh, available uh, on all podcast uh, places, as are all of our entire backlog of episodes. Of course, we are on Podbean, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. Uh, so if you have any of those, absolutely check out all the backlog. We go back to 2014. Have been I talked to some of uh, the best in, uh, pro wrestler, independent pro wrestlers out there uh, in the scene. Uh, so definitely check out the great backlog that we have and continue to listen to us every Thursday uh, here on the Pot Bean Live app at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and thank you for listening. Uh, please uh, follow us on the Twitter machine. Uh, we are at FOW Radio. Danny's on Twitter at Danny F. and Danger. Mika's on Twitter at Mika Villas. I'm on Twitter at YellowmanPA. And until next time, keep watching wrestling.